Welcome to the uh, first edition of Debris Caution, the NASCAR podcast from the average fan for the average fan. I'm Thomas Dick. I'm supposed to be joined by Evan Roberts, but he uh, he's off fiddling with his nuts somewhere. I don't know. Apparently, it's going to be a one-man show. We'll see if uh, we get him back for week two. Probably not. He, he enjoys fiddling with his nuts. Anyhow, uh, big deal this week. It's uh, Daytona week. Nothing gets people fired up uh, uh, more than Daytona. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been. I've been confused by Daytona for the longest, longest time. Just such a random. Like, what other sport in the world does your most iconic race? Is it your first race? It just right out of the box. This is the one, the great American race, blah, blah, blah. This is the one everyone remembers. And it's just such, like, randomness. Like, why you would do that? I know it started back in the day. They would go racing on the beach, and, you know, it was the race. But, like, the fact that it hasn't either shifted to later in the year... Because when you think about it, we were just racing back in November. It wasn't like, oh my God, we haven't raced in seven months. I, I'm pins and needles waiting for this next race. Like, I'm excited for it. But the fact that you're going to have your first of a few climaxes like this early is just, it's baffling. And just the randomness of who wins the race. Like, what other race? There, There is no other race where Sterling Marlin and Mikey Waltrip have more combined wins than Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Jimmy Johnson. Like, Sterling Marlin and Mikey Waltrip have four wins at, at Daytona 500. Arguably two of, the, two of the three best racers, definitely in the Mount Rushmore of racing, Earnhardt and Jimmy Johnson, have three. Just... Like, as a youth, 1990, growing up in Ohio, like, I was a fan of every sport. And this is sort of what this podcast is. You're not going to get the, the motorhead nerd guy that's, oh, I've watched 80,000 races, blah, blah, blah. I've been a big NASCAR fan, but I'm a balanced fan. I love everything. I can do an equally adequate podcast about just about every sport, but I just think, you know, I love, like, NASCAR needs to fill the void with some stuff. But anyhow, in the 90s, like 1990, I could watch five or six races a year, but I had other stuff going on on weekends. As a kid, you got, you know, football, baseball, basketball, all sorts of stuff. Had a job, you know. So, but I did get to watch that year. I got to watch the uh, the Daytona 500. I remember Derek Cope winning, and, like, you're like, Oh my God, Derek Cope's the greatest ever. Look at how badass that guy is. He won the Great American Race. And then, like, I watched a couple more races that year, and I remember one of the races late in the year, like, they rolled the standings up, and the first 10 spots they show, and I don't see Derek Cope, and they, they show the second set of 10, and he's like 18th, 19th place. It's like, he won the Daytona 500. What the hell? And then it was only later as I got on that I just. 
like realized how random it is and it, it takes me back like the fact that your opening day winner is the people that the person that people remember years from now and it reminds me of baseball there was a guy for the cubs carl tuffy Rhodes in the 80s i forget the exact year but carl Rhodes, you can look it up he ended his career with 13 home runs but one year on opening day he hit three home runs in a game and I want to say they were all off Dwight Gooden, I think. No, maybe they were. They were all someone, a couple of them were off someone good. Of course, it's opening day. It was off a good freaking pitcher. He hits three home runs, but then he had 13 for his career. And just the fact that you get such rando stuff like that at your most iconic race baffles me. Like the fact that something else hasn't like taken that, that, that mantle is the iconic race. But it is what it is. Daytona it is, you know. The big one will take out all the good guys. It'll, and you'll be left with some uh, some schleps and uh, Denny Hamlin <laughs> left to win it. Which brings me to uh, Daytona 500 predictions. Um, I think Denny, like I have him three-peating. Like he just seems like he knows, he knows when to mix it up and he knows when not to mix it up. I know... Martin Trucks was doing this for a while. He would uh, sit back the first 50, 60 laps and see where it's going. And uh, and then you get into the tussle. I think Denny knows, that, like, hey, it doesn't feel right. Why be up here in this what's going to be chaos? So I think he wins it. If he doesn't win it, it'll be one of, I, I'm calling one of those randos. Um and, and, like, in my fantasy thing, I have Denny Hamlin, and then I have, I don't want to call them schleps, just the guys you think that qualify fast back in the day or and, and that I'm not going to use much later in the year in, in, in the races where the, the better racers come to the top. I have Stenhouse, Newman, Busher, Wallace, and McDowell as the other five people. I think I have Busher in the garage, so... Just not counting on the big guys. Um, I think they get taken out. I think there's multiple big ones, and they get taken out. And Denny is down there at the end. So that covers Daytona. Um, hope I did all right. Like I said, I was supposed to have a wingman. We were supposed to go back and forth, but uh, he's fiddling with his nuts. Um, big news in NASCAR this year. Seems like they're want they're. They want to do different. Now's the time to do it. COVID has got... Uh, now's the time to make the change. And and they're going to Austin, which I think is really good. I'll talk about that in a little bit. And they're going to Nashville, which is good because I think you have a void sort of, you know, west of Bristol and Martinsville. You sort of have a void in that area. So getting them out to Nashville, I think, is good. Um, they're doing a dirt race in Bristol, which that, you know... That's something you're going to want to watch. Regular race at Bristol, good, but dirt, something we haven't seen. They've done it with some truck racing out in, uh, out in uh, Tony Stewart's track out in Ohio, and it has been very popular there. I think it's good. And, and they're moving back to Road of America. I like it. And I, I sort of, a, a little, I don't know, good and bad on this. I like the, the moving to the road courses, except for I do not. Like, I don't get the Charlotte and Daytona Rovals. I know it helps with travel because you don't have to go to two different racetracks. 
you can do a, a oval and a, a road course in the same track back to back weeks. It'll save you some money. But I just really haven't been a fan of the races. I just, I don't know. There's really haven't done much for me. Not as much as like a Watkins Glen. And I think the Austin one will be nice. And the reason I like the Austin one, I'm based out of Bryan College Station area, which is three, three and a half hours from Fort Worth. And I went to the, uh, and it's only two hours from Austin, so, you know, you do the math as far as driving back and forth in a day. I've been to the uh, Texas Motor Speedway twice in the last uh, three years. Uh, Both of them, I want to say, were the fall races. Both of them went rain. Like, the first one, uh, I pull up to the track about 45 minutes before the races get a start. And it had been raining, but it stopped. So I'm like, oh, they're going to start on time. Freaking go up, you know, go into the thingy. And I look, and the the trucks are going around drying the track. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. The track's probably still wet. Well, they were going around for like the next three hours. Like the rain had stopped, but they couldn't get the track. It's like the worst track to try to keep dry. And they ended up starting the race I don't know, three, three and a half hours after it was supposed to start. And then there was a little rain delay in between. And then the race ended like at nine o'clock. So you're at the track all day. And then, of course, I got to drive three and a half hours back. Go back to this past year. We get there and it rains and it rains. But it's not raining hard. But it's raining hard enough that that, that effing track would not get dry. And then the next day it rained, and then the next day it rained, and then I think it ended up, they raced on Wednesday, I believe. And then what really annoyed the shit out of me, just, oh my god, I just wanted to punch something. The owner of the track, or someone at the track, like, said, oh, everybody at this race on Wednesday, they're the greatest fans in the world, we're gonna give them free tickets to next year's all-star race with super hot pit passes or something. And, like, I have a job. Most of us have jobs. And most of us don't live in Fort Worth. And those weren't super fans. Those were just gonads that either, A, didn't have a job and could spend all week in Fort Worth, or they lived in Fort Worth, heard there was going to be the race actually going on, and were able to get back out to the track. But, no, us schleps that drove three and a half hours, sat there for five, six hours, and then drove back three and a half hours without getting to see... Well, we got to see like 12, 15 laps. We weren't the super fans because we didn't come back on Wednesday. Like, what a effing asshole. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, you can mail me my super fan pit pass. Um, anyhow, it'll be good to have another option, although I won't be able to go to the one in Austin because it's in May and I work with a college baseball team, so we'll be playing, but... Yeah, I think it, it'll bring some more fans in, and that's what the sport needs, and it needs an influx of different stuff. Like, we have some gonads at work. They're like, ooh, you're watching them turn left again? And so it's good to see some road races where they turn right, so I can tell that person to uh, up your butt with a coconut, even though I don't have a coconut. I'm just bluffing on that one. But So that's the, the, new, the new tracks, the new stops, get some the new blood in. The other thing is the new teams, and I'm pretty excited. Michael Jordan with Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace. Michael Jordan will become the uh, 
as far as co-owner or owners of racing teams, he'll be the second best basketball player that owns a racing team behind Brad Doherty. Um, and it's funny because I've heard some interviews the last week, and I think Michael Jordan forgets that Brad Doherty's a, a team owner because he mentions that he uh, he hasn't seen a black uh, NASCAR owner, but he played college basketball with Brad Doherty, and then they played in the NBA against each other. And one of the bigger rivalries uh, in the late '80s, early '90s, Cavs uh, Bulls. But uh, I digress on that one. Uh, this needs to work. I think we uh, we've lost a lot of racers, big name fan favorites. In the last four, five, six years, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Jr., Clint Boyer, um, Carl Edwards should still be racing, um, to name the name a few. Um, and we really haven't had people come in and fill those spots. Chase Elliott's sort of doing it, fan favorite, but we need some more people with some flair. And I... It was hard to show Flair this past year because of COVID, but I think we need we need to fill some roles. So hopefully this works out. Hopefully the Pitbull Daniel Suarez thing work out. Um, really like to see some just some new blood and to get some characters in there that like to me right now the best characters are in the booth. I enjoy listening to Clint Boyer. Um, I enjoy listening when uh, Tony Stewart a little bit. He could be a little dry, but. I really like when Kurt Busch does races. He does a lot of the Xfinity. I think he brings a lot to the table. Just, uh, I feel like I prefer the people in the booth right now more than the people on the track, which hopefully we get the people out on the track showing some more flair and character and whatnot. All righty. Going to go to the next thing we had on our tablet is uh, Rookie of the Year. Not really excited about this year's uh, Rookie of the Year thing. It's just a two-man thingy. We got Anthony Alfredo, front row, going against Chase Briscoe, uh, who's replacing Clint Boyer in his car. I just, I don't know. I really don't think it's much of a race. I think Briscoe is going to have better equipment. I just think uh, Clint Boyer's car, you know, he almost, I got to forget. <laughs> I did bad homework by me on that one, but uh, I think he was. Might have made the playoffs. He was on the edge of making the playoffs. Had a pretty good car all year. So uh, I just think Chase is going to step into better equipment. And I'm going to talk about this later, but <clears throat> I think the uh, the best rookie in the class isn't actually in the class because Penske held uh, didn't have a spot for Austin Sindrick, who I think if he got elevated like he should have, he would have been the best of these three. Uh, he was pretty good last year in Xfinity. And I think he would have done good this year in uh, in the cup. <clears throat> I think a bigger story is going to be uh, last year's rookie class. I think uh, they didn't get to practice last year. They just got thrown in cars um, like once COVID hit. And I think Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, and Tyler Reddick, I think who amongst those three makes the big step forward this year because this last year was basically the whole season was a practice. Cole Custer had sort of a fluky win. He got to the, the playoff, but I think he can take a, a step forward. But I think it's going to come down to, among those three, who's the best year's year is going to come down to, to Reddick and Christopher Bell, just because I think 
week to week they were more consistent than Custer was. And like I said, Custer had the win that got him in. But I think Bell and Reddick are the kind of guys who, if this year Harvick and Hamlin do what they did last year where they're winning every race and there's there's not many people getting the automatic thingy and there's like five or six playoff spots on points, I think Reddick and Bell are consistent enough to get in on points. So really looking forward to, to especially with jo, uh, Christopher Bell stepping into a Joe Gibbs car. I think that's a, a step up. Two bold predictions. <clears throat> Wood Brothers get their 100th win. It's a big joke between Evan and I because it feels like uh, Fox and NBC have had their uh, Wood Brothers going for their 100th win graphic ready for like the last bazillion years. And I think one year they're going to actually get to use it. I think this is the year. I think uh, Mike DiBendetto was uh, knocking on the door quite a bit last year. I think he pulls it out this year. Other uh, item, I think Ross Chastain. Going back to the rookie thing, like he just feels like a rookie. He's just been, like he hasn't had a good car. I think the rookie, I don't know, rookie of the year, I think it should only count towards the points if you're in a good car. I think Premier Motorsports really didn't put him in a good car, and now he's in a good car. And I think he makes the playoffs. I think he has ability to make it to the top 12. Don't, anything after that, I'm not I'm not sure he makes the jump into the top 8. But I think he'll make the, the top 12. Um, that's my other bold prediction. Stepping down to the, uh, the truck racing. I, you know, I just felt like there was a lot of drama in the truck racing last year. I think it got too teamy between Thor Sports and GMS Racing, and it was, it was a lot of whiny bitching, and like, you know what, if you don't like each other, freaking duke it out, like, just don't yap about each other, like, throw dogs at some point, get pissed off and have a nice, like, pit row fight, like, just bitching about each other, just, bleh. but I, I think the two, to me, it's going to come down to Johnny Sodder and, and Sheldon Creed, or my two picks to duke it out at the end in, the, in that series. Next, Xfinity, I really, really, really like what they're doing at College Racing, um, really like the trio they got this year, but I think Austin Sindrick, as I said, if if Penske had moved him up to the uh, Cup Series, I think he'd be the Rookie of the Year this year. I think he's gonna he's gonna uh, do pretty well. Maybe dominate in Xfinity um, as much as he can in that. I know he's got some other people that are good down there. Like I said, Colleg Racing and like Harrison Burton, but I think he prevails. Austin Cindric. Final thing we're gonna talk about. Um, Best paint scheme. <laughs> I think the only reason I did this one is uh, um, it's the only time I get to mention. And it's not going to be best paint scheme for the year because um, this is annoying as watching an NBA game uh, these days. Is uh, Back in the days, back in the 80s and 90s, I could tell who was who was on the track just by the paint scheme. Like I knew that uh, Harrigant was in the school band at 33 uh, by what color the car was, and now it's like, we got, uh, 
eight sponsors are each going to have four races and this sponsors and it's like blah, like you can never tell like when you flip it on who's driving what and then i feel like there's 19 different bass pro shop cars on the on the three different series but uh so this is just going to be daytona and this is the only time all year i might get to say quinn hoff because i think his main and tail cars it looks pretty uh sweet um, no, it's not, uh, Carly Simon and, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker on the car. Those are horses, uh, running because mane and tail, get it, mane, tail. Uh, I think that's number one, Kurt Busch. I don't know why, but I really like the, just the matte black finish on his car. I think that looks pretty badass. And then Kevin Harvick, Bush car, that always looks pretty, uh, badass, Bush light. Um. I wish Coors Banquet would uh, enter the fold and get a car. They instantly become my favorite. Um, and if they want to sponsor the podcast, uh, I might have to look into that. Uh, Coors Banquet, if you're listening, uh, give me a call. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, Xfinity, uh, like a wild card, the uh, Jade Buford in the Big Sheen, uh, Big Machine Vodka uh, car, number 48. That's all we had on today's podcast. I don't know. Edmund was probably going to talk about some shit, but like I said, fiddling with his nuts, and we'll see if he comes back next week. Um, That has been it for uh, today's podcast. Um, Look forward to hearing you again next week on uh, Debris Caution. Decoration, man. Just a decoration. That's it. it.